If you have a Bible, would you like to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15? And we're going to read from verse 1 through to verse 11. 1 Corinthians 15. Now, I would of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. But I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached and so you believed. I want to put a picture up on the screen. Uh, This is an advert for a show at the NEC. Anyone tell me what this show is all about? Any of the young ones tell me what this show is all about? Is it kind of cryptic? Hidden, Vanessa? Caravans, caravan and motorhomes. Okay, the next one. What's this show all about? Daniel. Weddings. Okay, next one. What's this? I put this on here for you, Rob. <laughs> What's this one all about? Anyone guess? No? Really? Come close. Rob would like a more particular answer. You... you Monster trucks. Okay, what's this show all about? I'm not going to get you to tell me the answer because what I, that would be mean because I'd want you to give me the wrong answer and then I'll tell you you're wrong and that's not nice. So anyway, the temptation here is to say, oh, this is all about a baptism. Or this is all about Casey Green. Or if you look right down in the bottom... This is all about Whittlesea Baptist Church. But it's not. This service, Christianity, this church, this baptism is not primarily about any of those things. In the passage that we read, Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says this, I delivered to you as of first importance 
what I received. I delivered to you a message. And that message is the core of everything. That message is the center of what your church, what your religion, what this baptism is all about. And today I want to just look at that message, to look at that core, and in effect give you four answers to the question, what is this service all about? And the first answer is this, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Verse 3 in that passage, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. This is the core, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Christ, here is uh, the title for Jesus. He says, I delivered a message to you. This is the center of it all. And it's all about a person called Jesus. A person who is the Son of God. As Mark begins his gospel and describes Jesus, he says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I wonder how many of you have held a young baby in your arms. Particularly a young baby who's sleeping and you have that really peaceful thing. You can't move because you might wake them up. So you have to sit down and you just stare at them. You look at them. I imagine Mary looking at the baby Jesus, staring at him. Who is she seeing? Well, she's seeing a baby. She's seeing a human being. But the Bible talks about the curtain. She's also seeing the Son of God who came into this world. Who's this message about, Paul says? It's about Christ. It's about Jesus, the Son of God. And it's about Jesus who came to save. An angel came and appeared to Joseph and explained to him about the baby in Mary's womb. And he said this, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. From their sins. What is Christianity all about? It's about Jesus. It's about this person who came into this world to be a savior. It's easy to think of Christianity as being about a building or being about a ceremony that you go through or rules that you have to keep. But if that's your view of Christianity, it's not a biblical view. Of Christianity. The Bible tells us it's about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the first answer. Who's this all about? It's about Jesus. Secondly, it's about Jesus who died for our sins. Again, go back to that verse. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. This is the core of it, this is the center of it, that Christ. That's Jesus, died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. Now, Jesus is the hero of the Bible. He's the hero of the good news that we read in the Bible. But in many ways, he's not your normal hero. No, he's a hero that underwent a painful, difficult, torturous death. 
on a cross. Why? So he could die for your sins and for mine. That's a humbling message, isn't it? If I was to ask you, if I was to ask you uh, this morning to put your hand up if you think you're perfect, um, I would guess most of us wouldn't put our hands up. And those who did, someone near us would be poking us in the side and reminding us why we shouldn't put our hand up. None of us are perfect, are we? We get things wrong. And in our culture and in our society, that's kind of considered, well, it's not too bad. Or actually it's considered something good because it adds character. It stops us from being boring. That's the way we we consider those little bits of naughtiness in our life. Interestingly enough, over the last few years, I've uh, uh, been doing a bit of sort of hobby work with uh, recording and um, producing uh, stuff for, for Nathan for um, albums and, and songs and things like that. And one of the things I've discovered is now that we do all of that stuff on a computer, it's possible to get everything a really, really pure sound. But our ears don't like the pure sound. And so the recording engineers have special plugins to make it sound like a tape recorder, a little bit wobbly and a little bit distorted because our ears prefer it with that those kind of imperfections. And in our culture, I think we look at life like that. If someone is too good, well, they're a bit boring. It's not really a problem to have sin. That's how our culture sees it. That's how often we see it. But it is not how God sees it. Our sin is such an offense to him. It is such a problem in his sight that in order to forgive us, Jesus had to die. It's a humbling message. It's also a hard message. Earlier in 1 Corinthians, um, Paul was saying the Jews demand signs. The message they want is one with big signs that show the world how important they are, that put them as a nation on the map. The Greeks seek wisdom. What they want is a clever idea that they can debate and show how amazing they are with their mental gymnastics. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach a Savior who died. We preach a saviour who died a shameful death. We preach a saviour who died under the wrath of God. And through that you can be forgiven. It's hard to accept. Why? Because in that message there is nothing for you to do and nothing for me to do. There is no way in which we make ourselves good enough for God. We just have to accept that Jesus did it all for us. What are we as a church all about? Well, let me rephrase that. What should we be as a church all about? What should we be all about? We should be all about Jesus, the person, the Son of God who came into this world, the work that he died for our sins. That's the center of it. 
And that's what should be the center of this service today. So two answers. The first two, it's um, all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus who died for our sin. Thirdly, it's all about Jesus who rose from the dead. Verse 4 carries on. So he's died for our sin according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Two things this verse makes really clear. The first is Jesus really died. Those words that he was buried seem to kind of, well, why are they significant? Because the rose on the third day, that's more elaborate. According to the scriptures, died for our sin. According to the scriptures, that's more elaborate. But then this, this, he was buried is just kind of tucked in the middle. Why is it there? I think it's a reminder that Jesus actually died. At the end of the day when Jesus was crucified, they came around to take the bodies down because the next day was the Sabbath. And so to be sensitive, they decided not to leave the people on the cross on the Sabbath. And when they came to Jesus, John tells us, they saw he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs. What they did was they thrust a spear in through his side into his heart. He was dead. I remember an occasion, um, we were camping with uh, my family in Switzerland and we'd just come on a train journey from Davos to Zurich and then we walked out to the campsite. It was a baking hot day and we were putting the tent up and I was holding a pole at one end of the tent, my sister was holding a pole at the other end of the tent and my dad was pegging the tent out. And then suddenly the pole at the other end of the tent went and fell over. And we looked, and there was my sister in a crumpled heap on the floor. She'd fainted. I'm sure you've seen someone faint. It it looks a little bit scary. They just collapse. And you think, they're alive. But then a few moments later, they kind of come to, and they get up again. Some people think, oh, that's what happened to Jesus on the cross. He just fainted. He looked like he was dead. But the Bible states over and over again, he died. Now, why is that important? Because then, when he's alive on the Sunday, the only way that could be possible is that he'd been raised from the dead. And that's what Paul says here, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. So he was raised from the dead, and he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. He appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive Though some have fallen asleep. Jesus rose, he said. Peter saw it. The twelve saw it. These five hundred, most of whom are still alive. So if you really want to know, go and talk to them. Go and ask them. They saw Jesus. Death could not hold him. Sin could not trap him. As the hymn puts it, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. What's this service all about? Why are we gathering again on a Sunday? It's not about a routine. This is the pattern of our life. It's not about a tradition that stretches back 250 years to the start of this church. We're here because of Jesus. 
We're here because Jesus is God's son and he came into this world. We're here because he died for our sin and he rose from the dead. You know, it's easy to look at the Bible and say, that's an ancient book written by dead people. Why would I want to be bothered with that? Well, because it introduces us to someone who is very much alive, who is very real. What's it all about? It's about Jesus, about Jesus who died for our sins. It's about Jesus who rose from the dead. And then thirdly, it's all about Jesus who changes our lives. The beginning of this passage. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you. Here's the message I preached to you, the good news, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved. It's the message, it's about Jesus who died for your sin and rose from the dead. And it's a message that as you stand in it, your life is changed. The book of Colossians, the Bible explains to us something of that change. It begins before someone met Jesus, it says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds... There you were as a, someone who was sinning against God. What was the result of it? You were alienated from him. You were separated from him. I remember for a few times, first few times I went down at Glassmore Bank, about in the sort of a third of the way down it from Ponders Bridge to the bridge that you come over to, to Whittlesea, there's a house on the other side of the water. And you just kind of come across it. You don't really notice that there's any way of getting to it from the other side. You just come to that house. And first few times I went down thought, how do you get to that house? Because as you, you, you're on the road on this side and you look across and it looks impossible. Because there's this great stretch of water separating you. Well, the Bible says because of our sin, there's this barrier that separates us from God. We are alienated from him. goes on, and hostile in mind. We are his enemies. As it were, we are against him, and he as judge of the world is against us. But what does God do about that? He says, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. What does that mean? It means that through Jesus Christ coming into the world... That barrier has been broken down, taken away. And we can now know God and be right with him. Jesus changes lives. But this is really important. Jesus changes the lives of those who trust in him. That passage in Colossians, carry on. If indeed you continue in the faith, if you believe. And that believing is a persevering believing that goes on to the end. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, if you receive it, if you stand in this message, if you hold fast to this message, these are all descriptors of what it means to put your trust in Jesus. It's all about Jesus who changes lives. He offers that change, but we have to receive it for ourselves. What is baptism all about? It's about Jesus. 
Jesus who died for sin, Jesus who rose from the dead. There's a kind of picture of death and, and burial and, and resurrection in baptism of going under and, and coming out. And so that's someone coming forward and saying they've understood that message. They put their faith in Jesus and now they want to follow him as someone who has been changed through Jesus. As Casey is baptized in a few moments' time, she's declaring that change to all of us, that she's been forgiven her sins. And she has come to know Jesus, reconciled through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And she is declaring her faith and her commitment to following him. What's the key question we need to ask this morning as we come here to this service it's not do i want religion or not it's not am i a religious person or not it's not what do i think of this church is it nice is it friendly is it unfriendly do they sing nice songs is it lively is it dead it's not well could i get up the front like casey just did and speak about something personal to me? Or would I rather stay in the pew? Now this is the key question. Where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? Maybe this is all new to you. But you want to know more. Well, we're going to put on a Christianity Explore course, which will look at who Jesus is and what he did and what that means to you. So come and speak to me or someone else you know in the church. He will pass that on to me so you can come to that course. Maybe you know about Jesus, but you've never taken the step of faith, of standing on that truth, of committing your life to him. I want to encourage you to do so if you haven't. And again, myself or others would be happy to talk to you about that. Or maybe you have committed your life to him, but you've not yet come forward to declare that in baptism. Again, in the notice sheet, we're hoping to run some baptismal classes. So come and talk to me or talk to someone else you know who again can pass that on to me. So that you too can come and publicly demonstrate that faith you have in Jesus and the change that he's made in your life. What is this all about? It's all about Jesus who died for our sin, who rose from the dead and can change our lives. Let's pray. Father, help us to know more about Jesus today to realize that this is all about him. And may he have all the glory. Amen.